Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy Top Gun release day, everybody. Boo, boo, boo. Are you going tonight? No, I want to. But my son had to go back down to the States, uh, emergency last minute trip. So we can't go tonight and I'm not supposed to go without him. So I will likely be going at some point this weekend. Okay, I think I'm going to do this weekend too at some point. I don't think it's going to be tonight and I don't think it's even going to be tomorrow night, but maybe Saturday or Sunday. I like that you're going to go doing a little trip down to the danger zone. (laughs) You bet your ass I am. (laughs) Are you going to one of the adult theaters where you can have a couple of cocktails while you're there? Yeah, I mean, the VIP ones are usually the ones that tend to have the best sound system. And for me, it's got to be the full blown experience. If you're seeing that movie, that's what they say, by the way, is like, do it big, whatever you can, whatever that means in you, in your town, whether it's, I don't know, what's the best, what is it now? What's the best quality you can get in a theater now? Because oh. I know at one point it was like IMAX. Ultra something uh, ultra, and yeah, like, the D box. People e- have said you got to sit in the D box. See, and I'm I'm so behind on this because I don't go to theaters often. But this one, yes, I plan to go probably by myself, and I'm okay with that. Going to a movie alone is one of the best things you can yeah. do. And guys, I maybe you're thinking, what? No, that's crazy. Honestly, you don't have to put up with anyone else's bullshit. You want to spill popcorn? Cool. You want to eat all the popcorn? Cool. You want to drink the drink and not have somebody else touch it or elbow you or steal your shit? Yeah. Go alone. Sit near nobody. Enjoy your alone time in that movie. It is so, so, so much better. Uh, Coming up on this episode of After 9, I got to talk to you about boobs, actually, because I got a story here and, and I'm not exactly sure what to do with it but the woman's breasts weigh 28 pounds oh that seems very heavy i have never seen 28 pounds boobs i don't think how do you know i don't know actually because i don't know how much a boob weighs like how much do yours weigh i don't do you think that i weigh them i don't know well this is why i thought it was you have to google average boob weight to find that information out. Okay, well, you know what? Since you do brought it, it up, it's now, the I podcast, not the radio show. I can yeah, do whatever. Go ahead. This computer, they don't tend to to uh, flag us too much on because they know. They're just like, oh, it's just gotten cut. And there's podcasts where they swear and they look up boob shit. Did those fuckers <laughs> Google how much a boob weighs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no common weight here. I'll, all I get is sizes. Well, that's the thing is there are, then there are so, there, there's a wide variety of them out there. You guys, might, everybody might have noticed this, but there's some big and some are maybe much like a person can look heavier than they are and vice versa. They can be a little heavier than they look. So I can't, I couldn't tell you, but 28 pounds sounds like a lot. I mean, I gave you something 28 pounds, right? Yeah. And I told you, you got to strap it to your chest. How do you, how do you think you'd feel about that? I would be very uncomfortable. See? So there you go. That's all you need to know. Honestly, I don't know how you guys do that. They seem like they get in the way a lot of the time. I mean, they're fun, but they seem like they get in the way a lot. They don't really get in the way that much. Okay. And don't look at me like that because well, girls don't. seem to think the guy's dick gets in his way when he's trying to do shit. And it does it? No, never. You see? Like, it's probably the same thing. Now, th- that said, I know there's some women out there who are going, uh, yes, they do. But if yours are like a triple H, I get it. 
uh, yeah, that would get in the way. Absolutely. And when you want to try to do some physical activity, that makes it difficult. They say you can go by uh, cup size. So, for example, if somebody is a 32A cup, a 30B cup, or a 28C cup, each breast will weigh approximately 0.6 pounds. So this, okay. this woman's large then. She's got to be. You know what? I might as well just do the story. This woman. Yeah. Why do we tell people what the story is? before? Here we go. I was going to do a little research what's, what's, in advance. Yeah. But. What is the actual story here? Okay. So a woman says she is shelling out a lot of money on what she calls granny bras. And she's using mm. a walking stick because her boobs weigh 28 pounds. She's 22 years old. She says she's worried that she'll be permanently disabled by the crushing weight yeah. of her chest which are a K-cup at least. She suffers with painful sweat rashes and is regularly mm-hmm. covered in bruises caused by people bumping into her breasts on the street. That happens? Yeah. Um, now, question. So is this go- go heading towards a reduction? Because I know like here in Canada, and I, this is not in Canada, I assume, right? No, no, no. no so no. here in Canada, I mean, you can qualify and, and get coverage for, if I'm not mistaken, a breast reduction. And I know because a girlfriend of mine who grew up with very large breasts and it was to the point where she just couldn't handle it anymore. When she was quite young, she did get a breast reduction and it absolutely changed her life. Absolutely changed her life because they were very large and it was already impacting her. And as a teenager, it was impacting her back and her hips and everything basically gets impacted with the weight of them. Okay, so I did find out she's from the UK and the National Health Service there has said she can have a breast reduction, but not until she loses about half her body weight. Currently, she weighs 308 pounds. They want to see her down to between 140 and 154 pounds. How can you leave somebody in pain like that? Contingent on them losing half their body weight. It's not really about what they want. It's about the safety. And this I've yeah, this I've also learned um, just from friends experiences. But in order to even, for example, Scott, get um, a tummy tuck is a good example Right. People who are very large, like, well, just give me a tummy tuck. You have to lose an extensive amount of weight before you're even able to qualify for that tummy tuck because it gets extremely dangerous in surgery. And they don't want to take that risk. I mean, they won't, in all fairness, they don't want to kill you on the table or whatever. And I couldn't begin to tell you what are the actual risks are. But I know there are there are too many risks involved and they need you at a certain weight in order for them to do the procedure. I remember being surprised by that, too. I had no idea. But I believe that there's certain measures you can take. But you have to lose some weight on your own before you get some of these medical procedures that I do know. Kat, we are uh, now a week away from the provincial election. Oh, all oh. that all that screwing around is almost done. Already, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they are. I mean, the, the <laughs> polls say the outcome is predetermined, and Doug's just scared to not scared to do anything because he doesn't want to screw it up. The other parties are looking up a very tall mountain, and I don't know if they're even really trying anymore or if they're just trying to to keep the whole place from burning down altogether. Mm-hmm. It's been a pretty boring provincial election. I mean, I would have thought, if you would have told me a year ago, Del Duca, Ford, Horvath, Shriner's going to be doing great. They're going to be talking about four-day work weeks, and they're going to be talking about increased funding for autism and and all the different things that are in front of us in this election. I thought I would have thought, this is going to be huge. This will be great. It's going to be an all-out war. Instead, it's been really, really lackluster. Nobody's doing interviews. Nobody wants to answer questions. It's Mm -hmm. all just, it's kind of slimy and shady. 
And and Del Duca has tried just about everything to try and get some traction. I, I guess now his plan is to go as negative as possible. He's been doing that for a few days now. It just doesn't seem to be having any impact. Mm-mm. I see Doug's going to try and do a Donald Trump style rally at the Hamilton airport. Remember when Trump used to do that? He used to oh, land yoy. his plane. And Here comes Air Trump. And he'd land and get it's off like, and throw some hats at people and shit. Like Tom Cruise at the Top Gun Maverick premiere. <laughs> Here I am, world. Exactly. So Doug's going to do an airport rally in, in Hamilton. And I don't know, maybe that'll get some excitement going. But where's the drama? This is nothing like any election we've ever had before. It's almost like it's, it's in slow motion on mute. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. I got to figure out where I can go and vote in advance. I don't know what next week's going to look like, but I want to get my vote in. Yeah, it's, it should be right on your card. I did get my card in the mail last week, and I haven't been. I haven't been yet, to be honest. But I do hope to get it done early. The uh, autism funding is interesting because it didn't come up until this late in the campaign. But it's what was getting talked about yesterday. Doug Ford whose government tried to change the program to an age-based system three years ago to clear the wait lists, then they ended up backing down because of opposition from parents, says this time around he's going to continue to support the autism community, but he wants to look at additional supports for adults with autism. The NDP is pledging to boost funding for the program and ensure there's no funding caps, including those on age, and the liberals say they would remove any age-based detriments from the program and implement a direct billing option while working within the existing budget. So I'm guessing that means no extra money. After all the money we spent on COVID and we didn't even care, we didn't even care. Masks, billions, sure. Vaccines, fucking right. Buy them. What else do we need? You want to put a new wing on that hospital? Fuck it. Do it. (laughs) Why are we still nickel and diming parents with autistic kids. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad that it's being brought up so often recently and there's people rallying behind it and that's good. And I think that's important because you have to make it top of mind. It's extremely important to make everyone aware. And I think people are aware, honestly. I mean, I've learned a lot more about it and about the system and how it works and what it's lacking more than I've ever heard about it. Let's keep it up. Keep it up. Absolutely. The, these politicians have to answer to those things. Do you think Colin Kaepernick is going to get a chance to play in the NFL again, or are they just fucking with the guy? Oh, man, I would not be the person to actually ask if you were going to place a wager on it. Um, But it's interesting to hear the name again. I mean, yeah. Are people afraid to have him on their team? Because this guy, as far as I can tell, created quite the movement. And I know that the league was unhappy with him. Unequivocally, ignore that guy. Forget about that guy for a while. They tried to cancel him. But really, at the end of the day, he wasn't quite canceled to the outside world. No. Colin Kaepernick used to, for those who don't know, be a quarterback in San Francisco. And the team got rid of him when he refused to stand for the national anthem and then took a knee for the national anthem. And that did start a movement. And it had all the teams having to defend their various policies and so on and so forth. Donald Trump was president. He weighed in on it and did not like it. He found it disrespectful that someone would kneel during the national anthem. But either way, it started a movement and they won't admit it. But it does kind of seem like all the NFL owners got together and said, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but look at the shit he caused. So we're all going to agree nobody's hiring him. That's what Kaepernick thinks. However, even though he hasn't played since 2016, he still wants to play. And now the Las Vegas Raiders are giving him a workout. Okay. 
I'm just, it's been six years, and we're talking one of the toughest sports leagues in the world. I don't know if he's going to make it. And and Las Vegas doing this, maybe they'll get some goodwill for giving him a shot, and maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll still be in, in that old Kaepernick form. Or maybe he's not going to be very good. There's a bunch of younger, stronger, yeah. faster, experienced players out there, and if they don't hire him, doesn't that look just as bad? Does Las Vegas get credit if they don't take him just for giving him a tryout? Because I don't know that he could make a team. Some people would credit them for that, for giving them a try. In all, in all fairness, yeah, you got to work for it and you got to show that you can do it. And that goes for any sport. I mean, look at all the, the sports where you do see the older players, if you will. Toronto Maple Leafs even have a couple and have had through the years a couple on their roster where they're like, OK, they could easily retire. They could be done. They're not as good as they used to be. Right. But they're still able to, to pull through and, and, and also add something to the team. Because I think that's what also matters. Yes, there's something to being a good player and you don't want a shit player on your team. But if there's something that can add fuel to that team's fire to do something good, why not give that a shot? Hmm. I just hope this doesn't backfire on Las Vegas. I, I think they're doing a good thing by giving him a shot. If they really do need a quarterback and want him, okay, good. If he legitimately makes the roster, great. But if they've got to cut him, I hope that they don't wear that as the team that cut Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. I mean, they at least gave him a shot. And let's be honest, it has been six years. But I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, In just a sec, I'm going to tell you why I have such a shitty taste in my mouth. That's coming (laughs) up. But uh, first, Walmart is about to take us down a different road. Everybody's been to the self-checkout before. For better or worse, Mm -hmm. I like the self-checkout. I don't know if it's just the scanning or the fact that I don't have to talk to anybody or the technology behind it, the the what if, is it ever going to figure out what I actually want, that sort of thing. Or or maybe it's uh, faster in some cases to do the self-checkout. And in some cases, you don't even have an option. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but Walmart is down to like one or two tills open and then everybody else is going through the self-checkout. Mm-hmm. I but, have noticed that. But I always wondered why. Why would you want somebody checking their own stuff out when there's a high probability that some of the people in that crowd are going to steal shit? Mm-hmm. Why would you want people scanning their own groceries or their own electronics or whatever? I guess it is a problem because Walmart is about to start handing out tickets, citations for those who don't ring everything through. Good idea or a bad idea? What do you think? Oh, man. Okay, so when you say citations, like, what does that actually mean? Like, what are the implications to those? Can you give me those details first before I really weigh in on it? They say some Walmart locations are now cracking down on self-checkout shoplifting and issuing citations if people walk away without paying for all their items. In some cases, people are stealing. But there's also people who made legitimate mistakes. Okay. For example, if they have a large number of items or they were dealing with young children while they were trying to check <laughs> out. I've been there. Walmart says they're taking basic measures to control inventory, but they wouldn't say how widespread their self-checkout crackdown is or what the policies are for the citations or other penalties. Oh. So... I don't think Walmart has the authority to give you a fine, not in the way a yeah. judge or a cop does. 
But I would think they're probably going to hand you maybe a bill, maybe a, hey, we saw you stole that, so either return it or we're going to call the cops. There could be any number of sure. things written on that paper. And, and, and that's fair. And I think even if it was an honest-to-goodness mistake, if I, if I made that mistake, because the second you said, yeah, little kids, they're distracting. I even had uh, kids, my kids throw stuff into the bag before I was even ready. Like, hang on, you didn't even scan that. Stop. I know you think you're helping, but it, you know, shit like that happens. Honest-to-goodness. So let's say it's a mistake, and then I get tapped on the shoulder. Excuse me, miss. You put this in your bag. Here's a citation. That's all I need to know is that if I make an honest-to-God mistake here, I am being treated fairly in that give me a chance to pay for it. I had no idea they accidentally put it in my bag. Like, give me a fucking break, right? Or I'm busy scanning stuff and I, you know, you think something beeps through, but it doesn't because that's happened to me before. Well, everything's beeping in Everything that area. Beeps. So you're sitting there and there's just a bank. Like you said, there's a massive bank of, mach- of machines. In some cases, multiple banks of machines. And all you hear constantly is the beeping, beep, beep, beep. Or thank you for visiting Walmart or whatever the hell it is that they're saying. So you think that you scan something, you think it's your beep, but it's not. It's the beep next to you. So I always like double check is like, is this coming from my machine or and then I have to look at the receipt thing and the code. You can never understand what the fuck it even says. Like, what is this? Is this for shampoo? I don't know what this <laughs> that price seems right. Did I ring this through? You know, so there's that an honest to goodness mistake. So you hand me the citation and I made an honest to goodness mistake. Just chill out about it. Let me pay for the item and let me move along. But if you're going to accuse me of shit and bring a cop there when it's an honest to goodness mistake, that's. That's messed up. But I do know people that do this. They do this often, I'm sure. I, sure, I shouldn't say I know them personally, but I mean, I know that people do this. So what do they do? Is it just take stuff up and throw it right in the bag without scanning Probably, it? Or, or they scans, pretend to scan or, it? You know how you can punch in your own code? Yes. Someone punches in a code for something that's not actually that item because they know that it's cheaper. Oh. That could be something too. Like, hey, I bring up, uh, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to steal. Like, uh, fuck it. what's expensive right now? Name something really expensive. Everything. Everything, I know. So you set that piece of very expensive everything Strawberries on Strawberries are a car payment at the there moment. There you go. So let's say that it's, even it's something, a bunch of small things, right? You're like, okay, I don't want to scan the item. I'm going to put in the code for bananas. Because bananas are only 35 cents for one or something, right? If you know that it, that information, then you try to pass it off as that. I could see that happening. People just absolutely straight chucking it in their bag. If it weighs not a lot, some places have sensors, some places don't. I always wonder, like, what if someone stole something that is valuable, but, but it's light? Does the bag even pick that up? Makeup is a good example for that. You know, like Shoppers Drug Mart has the self-checkout too. And I always wonder, like, you get an eyeliner that could be 13 14 even up to $20, that's not even going to recognize it in the in the scanner or in the weight of that bag. So there's a lot of different ways that you could steal. Yes. I always thought it was concerning. I always thought so. If I was a store owner, that'd be one of the reasons why I'd be like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Because at the end of the day, that's what is it worth? Because you took away you took away the cashiers, right? In order mm-hmm. to place those machines in there. And there's something to, oh, they're good workers, right? <laughs> They'll just work, 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 work for you and you'll have to pay them. But there's also something to, would you have rather paid someone to be there and make sure that they pay for all their shit? Is it worth it to you? Out of the shadows, two women just jumped out at me, grabbed the cart and ushered me all the way back across the store into a tiny little interrogation room, if you will, and told me I was being arrested for shoplifting and I was just in complete and total shock because I had absolutely no knowledge, let alone the intention of not paying for my items. I mean, if people want to shoplift, they'll find a way to shoplift. The self-checkout, I find, is like a convenient option for shoplifters. That's exactly it. Or or wannabe shoplifters. Like, what if you got someone into shoplifting because of that? Mm. Like, hey, I can get away with this? What? Maybe I'll do it. See, I've never intentionally taken something. 
Have I ever um, uh, not paid for something? That's possible. I mean, there's times when I've gone to the grocery store and there's just no barcode to be found and I kind of have to guess a little bit as to what they mean. So I may have inadvertently rung in bok choy instead of Swiss chard or something like that. That's probably a fairly victimless crime. Right. It's going to screw up their inventory. Yeah. And but you're still paying for something. I did pay for something. You know? And maybe there's a price difference. But that, that was not intentional. <laughs> they need to expect that, though. Like, that's the thing is they need to expect that. People like you, you're, you've never been trained on a register before, correct? Right. Me. I've never been cha- trained on that register before. So you have to expect there's going to be human error. And yes, to have a couple people lingering around you as you're checking out. Okay. And sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes you need them. Sometimes the machine screws up or you do forget the code for an item or there's no barcode or price tag on it and you need help. And that's great. But you have to expect there's going to be human error. I just hope that they know that before they start handing out citations. Now, of course, there's people who legitimately shoplift through it. I've seen people looking so sketchy, especially at Walmart's. Where you're just like, you're wearing a backpack, you look... And yes, I am going off of look, but they look shady. And I've seen someone stealing, by the way, at Walmart. Really? I've seen it happen. Yeah, he stuck something into a bag. But was I going to get involved? No. There was no one around, first of all, for me to even tell. And that guy was way out of the store before I could even say anything. But I did witness it. Hmm. If you didn't mean to steal it, but to them, it looks like you did mean to steal it. They come up to you, they give you the citation, they say, hey, we think you're a stealer. You're a you thief. stealer. <laughs> so come with us into the back room. I think I would probably say, mm, I'm not going anywhere. Here's your bag. I'm leaving. I don't think I'd be going in the back room with anybody there, despite your little fucking citation here. I'm not a thief. And to be honest, I would resent the, the implication. I probably wouldn't shop yeah. there after that. And I think they know that. And that's yes. why they think the citation is a less confrontational way than I don't know, that 80-year-old greeter coming up to you saying, can I look in your bag? Yeah. This yeah. is probably a, the less confrontational way to do it. I don't think everybody's going to appreciate it. It's not a helpful reminder for many. It's really just an accusation that you stole. Why don't they do, in those particular banks of self-checkout, why don't they do what Costco does? At Costco, you know what you do. You present your receipt on your way out the door. And someone is there giving you a little smiley face and checking. And all they have to do is really randomly check a couple of items. They'll see if you have big ticket items underneath. Let's say you've got a uh, electronic is a good example. You got a PlayStation under there. Did you pay for that? Let me just check your receipt real quick. Cool. You're on your way. I'd be okay with that personally. I'd be totally fine with that. That's what they do. Like I said, at Costco. And I know that's a different situation because you don't have bags and all this other stuff. It's a little different. But I think that that would be a good alternative. You employ one person to just constantly check receipts on the way out the door. The economy's really, really bad, and it's going to get a lot worse. That means theft is yeah, going to get a lot yeah, worse. Yeah. It's already happening. And frankly, at this point, I just uh, I, I don't know what else these big stores can do. If they want to keep going the self-checkout route, that might be the best option is just to have somebody there checking. They must have weighed the odds and found out self-checkout saves them more money than the amount of loss of products and merchandise. So that's fine. I get it. I just think they want to really risk or they don't really want to risk alienating customers because of this policy like who hands out these citations is it the greeter the one in that little blue v- fucking vest thing or is they gonna yeah. come over to me and say hey i saw you and with I, that banana and we're aware there's cameras there so is there someone watching the cameras is that what it is you know oh. is someone watching the cameras and watching you slide right by the barcode and right into the bag or something and, and they just happen to pick it up like a fucking casino like we've got a, we've got a stealer on number eight we've got a stealer 
Is that a thing? I don't know. Or is it just the person who's physically there? Because you can't expect them to watch everything either. No, not at all. I'm curious to see how it plays out. I'm sure they're losing millions of dollars, likely yeah, every day. I guarantee you they are. To yeah. theft like yeah. this. But I, again, I don't know what the solution is other than an actual person they're checking. So yeah, you might be onto something. By the way, they asked people, if you walked into a store, use Walmart as an example, and there's nobody in line, you can go to an actual person or you can go to the self-checkout. 56% said they'd want the human cashier. 36% say, nope, they'd still prefer to do the checkout. For me, it's all about what I'm ringing through. Groceries are a pain in the ass. I'd really much rather just go to a person. Mm-hmm. If I got a couple of little things here and there, or when's the last time I was there? I needed a couple of birthday cards. That would have been just fine to self-checkout and be on my way. Because you can be on your way real quick. Yeah. The way they've got it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply set up i uh i tried something this morning i don't even know what you why did you do that i don't know why you didn't stop me from doing i that. i well you should you have said scott this is not no, a good no, no, idea no you should have followed my lead and what was my lead the second that that jesse we've got a brother station uh rock station great rock station if you're into that kind of thing dave rocks out of kitchener so the two morning show people that are here this week were doing their own breakfasts and she brought in free pebbles. Great. And he, Daryl, brought in a Quebec delicacy, Creton. I tried to do it. I don't know if I'm completely ruining it, but that's what it is. And it's like a pork paste. Pork paste. So they come Let's, in. What the? I know. Well, like I said, what the fuck did you eat? I don't know what I ate. So, so she comes in and she's like, here you go. You made a plate for you. And I'm right away. I said, no. I'm good. And you were like, well, I could eat or something like that. Well, she said, are you hungry? And you were like, <laughs> yeah. no, not really. Nope, I'm good. But I didn't. She you came in. You got to act quick. No. But okay, <laughs> I just didn't act as quick as you. That's the problem. But they came in with this plate like, oh, you're going to love it. Like fucking Gordon Ramsay over there. And and I, I felt bad not eating it. But this is the thing. There's a lot of pressure. When somebody at work brings in food nah. and they start going around, huh, would you like a muffin? Would you like a cookie? Nah. If it's homemade, I don't want it. I don't have that pressure. I don't care. I lo- I, that looks gross. I'm not eating it. I know that some people think feelings will get hurt. They're well aware it looked gross. Well aware it looked gross. It looked like spam on a, on a p- piece of white bread. In all fairness, spam could be a delicacy in Quebec. We have no idea. I have no idea. All I know is you might want to check yourself for monkey pox after you ate that there. <laughs> yeah, well, I... Uh, I did try it, and it's like a pate, if I could. If you're wondering what the texture was like, even the taste, it was like a pate. But they, like, spread it 
on on like lightly toasted white bread. And I thought, Kat said no. We can't both say no. So I'm going to have to take one for the fucking team here and eat this. I'm glad you did. And and so I did. I took a bite and I was like, oh, it's different. <laughs> and I still have the taste in my mouth. But I don't know how to say no to someone because I never want to make someone feel bad or, or alienate them in any way. And if they made something, they're proud of it. Then I feel like somebody's got to fucking eat it. Yeah, so I did. And it I, was fucking oh, terrible. Oh, I might then. Then that gives me some ideas for what I might bring in for you if you're gonna eat anything at all. Oh, you shut up! I know you know that went poorly the one time I gave Scott hot sauce, but it a it wasn't my idea. It was our old producers to give you the hot sauce that he gave you, but it was so hot. Scott didn't talk to me for like a day after that, (laughs) mostly because he couldn't actually speak. Where did he even get that? I that must have been like some black market shit. So some black market, really super hot Skullvale a billion hot sauce. I could smell like my eyes watered. I remember when he opened the jar, when he opened up the cap. It was bad. I started with a drop, and he's like, "Hey, bro, come on, you got to try more than that." <laughs> Wait, do you have a drop of ketchup? No, you put hot. Have a couple drops. So I did, and wanted to die. <laughs> I, I did everything that I knew to do, and then finally... Oh, here's a good little tip. If you ever end up uh, with asshole friends like I have, and they give you hot sauce to try, and you need to get that temperature out of your mouth, sugar. You need a packet of white sugar. Put that sugar on your tongue, and it neutralizes the heat, and you can get back to your normal lifestyle, or as close to it as possible. Will you ever be the same? No. Nope. But you can at least resume normal activities without looking like, mm, that person should probably be in an ambulance. Yeah. Because that's how I felt. You didn't look good, man. It was not good at you all. Look, hey, what happened to you? You don't look good, man. <laughs> I, I actually learned something about Kat this morning. I, I didn't think this was still going on, but here we are, May 2022, and Kat still uses a travel agent. Yeah. You're booking a trip. I, I think that's funny because everybody that I know just books their own trips. Like, hey, you want to go to the Dominican? Fine. Go to Red Tag. Online. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. I've done it, which I've done. Do. No, it's easy. It's easy. But A, well, I know we have some great listeners that are travel agents. Um, and I know that it's it's been tough. It's been a tough little while. So that's one of the reasons why I did it. I also have a trip coming up, uh, which involves a bunch of moving parts, if you will. Because it's out west, uh, we got to take a flight. We're not doing anything but coming out of Bre- Waterloo Airport, going there. But we're actually staying in like three different places in Alberta. So we need the rental and we need this and that. So anyway, I just figure, you're, why not just hand it over to someone else? I don't want to have to look up all that stuff. I just don't. Just tell me what's available. I'll be like, I pick this, 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 and this. Book it for me. One charge, done. It's very convenient. Can a travel agent book an Airbnb or would they book an Airbnb mm. or will they only go hotel? I think that there's certain things that a, a travel agent does not do and that one of them is Airbnb and they don't even book some airlines. Mine doesn't book Flair. Oh. So my flight out, I book myself and that's fine. That's easy. But the flight back happens to be WestJet because that's the only straight Edmonton to uh, Waterloo flight you can get. So that's WestJet. They'll do that. Huh. Which is interesting, right? It, it is a little strange. You'd think it'd be everything. You'd think it would be yeah. everything. I mean, whether they book it or you book it, somebody just has to book it. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be that hard. But anyway, uh, you're going out west and you're planning your summer trip. That's good. A lot of people are. And the travel industry has just been shelled. I mean, mm-hmm. everything before COVID wasn't great, but it was good. 
And then COVID hit and everything hit the bricks. It was horrible. They they lost so many people and so much money. It was wild. And then we started to come out of it. But we can't fully come out of it because they won't lift the goddamn mandates. Still, they won't lift the mandates. There's a, over a million Canadians that can't travel in Canada. Yeah. And now, with the gas prices going absolutely crazy, inflation taking so much money out of all of our pockets, the travel industry again is wondering... What the hell is this summer going to look like? Like, don't tell me we went through two summers of COVID. And then when we were finally ready to rebound, now you're going to say between gas prices and inflation, people are cutting back on their trips again. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to get a, a little lay of the land. Let's find out what Canadians are thinking. And then we can advise our members and help make some informed decisions about staffing, about ordering, preparing for the summer. They found there are three things people are willing to give up and three things people are not willing to give up in order to save a little bit of money. What are people willing to sacrifice this summer? They're going to spend less on attractions. So if you go to Florida, mm-hmm. well, maybe this Florida trip doesn't include a trip to Disney World or to or, uh, SeaWorld or Universal Studios. Maybe this trip doesn't include the uh, upgrades too, right? The fat, I don't know, like fast pass is one example of that's going to cost you more. And maybe it was worth it at one point, but it's not worth it to spend the extra money on that kind of thing. That's exactly it. So less on the attractions. Fine. Less on the accommodations too. No fancy hotels this year, everybody. Uh huh. You can forget the Westin or the Royal York. You can forget any of that shit. We're staying at the Holiday Goddamn Inn. <laughs> you're staying at the Lodge, and you're gonna like it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's one for me to be honest with you, because I'm staying in Banff for a couple of nights as part of this trip at West. And I think anyone who's been there knows Banff is freaking expensive. And I've stayed at the Fairmont before, and I've done that whole thing, and that's great. But in looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, it's like half the price to do a different, you know, version of that, if you will. I don't need a suite with two bedrooms. Like, forget it. So I'll go, yeah, low key. You know what? Give me two doubles. I don't give a shit. I'll make it work. It's less money. I could spend it more on the actual experiences. You know what else is a concern, though, is that people are like yourself who have stayed at those real high end hotels in the past are going to make comparisons like, Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I really just want a bed and a shower and a toilet. And whether I pay 600 bucks a night for it or I pay 150 Mm -hmm. a night for it, I'm still getting what I need. And maybe people won't go back to those high-end options. Yes, and it's one of the things that you do absolutely learn. I mean, I take Niagara Falls as a good example for that exact thing because we live so close to it. I mean, I've been to Niagara Falls, and I'm sure many of you listening have been to Niagara Falls countless times. You probably have your go-to hotel. After a while, you realize... Do I need the falls view? No, I've fucking seen those falls a million times. Uh I'm good. So it does come with experience too. When you realize, I don't care, city view is fine. If you're doing it right, if you're at a place that has things, which I assume you are at a place that has things and you're there for that reason, you don't spend a lot of time in your hotel room anyway. You're up, you're out the door, you're seeing the sights, you're visiting with friends and family or doing whatever you got to do. And then you're coming back to your hotel room for basic sleep. A TV's great. Give me a shower. Absolutely. And a toilet. All those things are important. But it really is for me like a bare minimal thing. I don't need all of those extras. Okay. So we're spending less on attractions. We're willing to spend less on the hotels. We're also going to cut back on the new clothing for that trip. 
Isn't that part of the fun of a trip? Oh, I got to go out and get new bathing suits. I've got to go out and get new shoes yeah. and all this stuff it, that usually comes along with travel. It And it used to be. You're absolutely right. Like if I'm doing an all-inclusive now... I definitely take a look at that. I take a look at my stuff and be like, what do I actually need? Do I actually need to buy three new bathing suits? Do I actually need to buy five new wraps to match every single one of my bathing suits? No, I'd probably cut corners there. There's things, though, that we're not willing to compromise on. The number one thing we will not sacrifice on the trip that we're planning for this summer is the dining. Restaurants are not going to take a hit from, well, there's going to be less people going, but the people who are going are still going to go to those nice restaurants and spend what they want to spend. Hmm. That's good. I find that's part of the experience when you travel. If you go to, that's a good example. If you go to Vegas and don't go to Hell's Kitchen or Gordon Ramsay Steak, you kind of missed out on an opportunity because it's a great steak. Yeah, see, everybody's so different. And for me... Uh, I'm kind of borderline here. I hear what you're saying. And when I went to Vegas, when I got married, I did the whole Gordon Ramsay. I was at the Paris Hotel. I did that. It was amazing. And it was an experience. You're absolutely right. That was an experience. I tell that story all the time from that restaurant because it was unbelievable. So stuff like that, that's like once in a lifetime. I totally agree. But I mean, if I'm traveling and I can cut costs on dining either at this place, which is a fancy, you know, Italian kitchen versus guys, let's just go to this restaurant. It's a little more low key, easy in and out. I'm probably going to save money there. I mean, but what if it's a really nice Applebee's? Yeah, right. (laughs) Give me the TGI Fridays or something like I don't I don't tend to give a shit about that. But you're absolutely right about those like once in a lifetime experience ones that I totally agree. If you're going to if you're going to be in an area and it has a rep like this amazing restaurant and you can go ahead and spend money on it, then, yeah, you do it. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, I could be cheap the rest of the time. No problem. Six out of ten say they're going to vacation closer to home this year. Six out of ten is a lot of people that Mm. are not going to be taking flights. And because they're closer to home, doesn't feel as much of a destination. And maybe you do spend a little less. That could be a good strategy. So we're willing to spend money on the restaurants when we go. Willing to spend money on driving their own vehicle. Oh, okay. As opposed to flying, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you could fly to Florida in two and a half hours or you can drive there in a day. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, you got to weigh the options and it depends on what you're what you're doing, who you're going with. All of those things matter, by the way. All of those things matter to me, because if it's just me and my husband and I can drive there in in six hours. Sure. I've got two kids under five. It's not happening. You know, like I'm I'm not doing it. I'll just I'd rather take a flight and then there's a change of scenery for them and it's better. But in some cases, yeah, that works out. I'm thinking about all the people, too, as you mentioned, closer to home that have already invested in stuff close to their home. That's why. And through the pandemic, how many people do you know? Just do you know alone? They got an RV. They decided to go ahead and get that pool that they wanted to get. They can create those staycations themselves and they've already kind of put the money in to do it. So why travel when you put this money in and invest it in your own home or in a cottage or a trailer? Mm hmm. Oh, I hear you. Absolutely. The RV thing I find kind of fascinating because you really can go anywhere, but you can't just go anywhere. It's not like I can go and park in the fucking Walmart parking lot in in New York City and chill there and say, hey, I went to New York for my vacation. It doesn't work like that. You've got to find a specific place for it, right? Yeah, there's places that I think you can park. And as long as you like have that in advance, I think that's probably important. It's just a little more preparation. It's a little more preparation, but it's probably just as much preparation as getting yourself that hotel and figuring out where you're supposed to park. And do we do valet or do we not? Like it all comes with a little bit of work. 
So that would too. I think the RV thing is great. I'd personally never want to own one. But I think that that whole concept is very cool for, for people who are into it. Okay, let's break down some more numbers. Again, this is the travel industry wondering what travel is going to look like this summer. 56% say they don't know if they can afford a vacation this year because of the rising cost of living. Mm. 58% say they had been saving and setting aside money to keep their vacation hopes afloat. But many of them, to cover the bills, have dipped into that vacation Mm -hmm. fund that they were saving. Yeah. Here's a good question. Would you rather scale back a vacation and do it just the bare minimum or no vacation at all? (laughs) We can go to Florida, but no, we're not going to Disney or Universal. We're not going to go to the fancy restaurants. We'll go to uh, the buffets for $9.99. You know, we'll go and it'll be nice, but we're not going to be doing any of the fancy shit. Would you rather just put it off until you can go big or you would? Right? I, I, me personally, I probably would. I probably would because you have to think. Well, first and foremost, you have to think about the purpose. Why are you doing it? Why are you going on that vacation? So let's say for you, you and your family talked about that trip to Disney, which, by the way, if you're going to do it, is going to cost you like a family for eight grand. Like it's a very expensive trip. So you know that going into it. And if you're sitting there looking at the bank going, we did not save up enough. We saved, you know, five grand as opposed to that eight grand. So no, we can't stay at this. No, we can't go to Disney every day. We'll go one day. We're only going to go one day to Disney and then we'll just find other things to do. Ask yourself, is that what you initially wanted? That's what I do. I mean, I ask myself, what's the purpose of going here? Is it for this and this and that? Or is it to cut corners? Because if so, I'm putting it off. And that's one of the reasons why I put off a couple of things. You know, toward the end of last year, when I felt comfortable traveling, I thought, no, I'm going to wait until I can do it the way that I want to do it and the right way. How do you do it with young kids? Did you did it cross your mind at all? You know, what? leave them home. Fuck it. Let's just go. Me and my husband. So me and my husband are doing that in the fall in Vegas. Oh, okay, so it's good. a little and it's a little bit different. This is also a trip to go uh, to visit my in-laws. So they're in Edmonton. So it was a great, great chance to go to Banff. My husband and I have been there before. It's just the two of us. And I want my kids to see it too. So we get to hang out there. It's a nice, like quiet place. It's a good place to bring the family because it's just nice and quiet and chill. It's great. And then we're heading there to visit with them. So it's a little different. We're visiting on a family trip, but we're also going to Vegas this year. And that's most definitely going to be just the two of us. Okay. All right. Uh, Oh, the other thing that people say they're not willing to sacrifice at all is their trips to the free attractions. Well, yeah. Because it's free. (laughs) It's free. That's the best thing during uh, (laughs) uncertain economic times. It's free. They always get you once you're at those free free monuments and things, though, don't they? Sure. Like, I mean, even if you you could take any example, falls, you could watch that. You could drive to the falls, park eh, at an okay price, and then go look at the falls. Anyone's allowed to. But if you want to get made of the mist, that's going to cost you money. You want to get under the falls, it's going to cost you money. If you want to see the story of the falls, it's going to cost you money. Everything around is going to cost you money. You could even take like fucking Sudbury if you wanted as an example. Like I'm going to go see the big nickel. If anyone drives there for just that, I don't know. But then it's like, well, I'm here. I'm going to do the mining tour because that's what that's going to cost me extra. So you have to kind of stick to your guns of we're seeing the thing and not paying any more money. But many of times you have to spend money anyway in order to get the full experience. The biggest trap is Washington, D.C. I've been there so many times. And one year I decided I'm going to take the kids on a summer road trip. We're going to go to Washington and I'm going to show them the White House and we're going to go on a tour of the Congress buildings and and all the museums there are free. And Yay, Dad, this is going to be fun. The zoo is free and there's (laughs) so many free things you can do there. 
It was probably the most vaca- most expensive vacation I've ever done. Really? After all that? Yeah. Oh, it's free to go into any of the Smithsonian buildings, but oh, they're going to just bend you over if you want a drink or if you yeah. want uh, yeah. a souvenir of some sort. Like, shoot me. Yeah. The only thing that I will say, and yes, all those extras are, when, I, when you set, talked about Washington, it reminded me of our own nation's capital. When I went to Ottawa, the one thing that was free is that tour of Parliament. That's free. But then everything around it's going to cost you money, right? I mean, there's always something. I think they just started doing those again, didn't they? I, I don't know. I would assume so. It's, it's safe. It's safe, isn't it? Well, I don't know. because Nobody ju- can travel outside the country if you don't have a vaccine, but it's safe to do that. I just learned today that where we do our show in Waterloo Region is still under the COVID state of emergency. They announced yesterday the state of emergency will be lifted on Friday. What? It's been over two years. I mean, I had no idea. I didn't know that either. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, if up in Ottawa there, they're still playing that stupid game of, well, sorry, there's still COVID out there, so we can't let you go and look from 300 feet away at the House of Commons. Give me a break. Uh, Last thing we'll do here. Let's say, for example, hypothetically, you work in human resources. Somebody's quitting their job. And this is becoming a problem for a lot of companies. A lot of people are quitting their jobs because it's so easy to find other jobs. What would be most likely to retain employees, to keep them where they are working for you? Would it be A, a ping pong table for the office, Mm -hmm. B, additional responsibilities, or C, a pay increase? And before you answer, this is from a quiz that HR managers take to constantly upgrade their skills and recertify. This is from an actual HR quiz. So again, ping pong table, additional responsibilities, maybe even could come with a a title or a pay increase. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to follow the money trail all the way through, baby. Always follow the money. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, it almost always comes down to money. Almost always. So Vivian here shared this on Twitter. She was taking the quiz and she said what you said, a raise in pay. It came up incorrect. What the heck? What the heck does that mean? Wrong answer. When she clicked on it, it explained why it was wrong. Incorrect. Often when an employee leaves, it's not about the money. A good exit interview can help determine the real causes of employee discontent. The right answer, according to that quiz, put in a ping pong table. Stop. Stop it. Nobody, 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 nobody will use it. Maybe they'll use it in the beginning. That's okay. But that seems silly to me. So that tells me that it's about the team. It's about getting along. It's about those kind of organizational activities to bring your team together. Make people make friends. That's what that tells me. You know what to do. Just make them all become friends. Put in a ping pong table. They'll all get along. They'll start playing. They'll do tournaments. And then they'll become friends and they'll want to stay. That doesn't always necessarily work. The other thing is, why, why are those the only three options on there? Like, I can think of a million things. Um, more vacation time. Let's discuss, you know, my working hours and when I should reply to emails and not. Maybe we can ta- we work on that kind of thing. Maybe a boss that's less asshole-ish. Maybe, maybe a good supervisor. That would be great. But those three options are the options. I mean, you're going to say money. Now, I know some industries that that isn't the issue. You know, it's, it's so easy to make good money. Um, a friend of mine is actually uh, high up in an engineer role and trying to keep those civil engineers there is difficult because everybody's swaying from other companies 
for different things, different reasons. It's not necessarily about the money. You could throw more money at them and then they're like, yeah, but over here they're doing this and that and that and they get extra time for this and then they have, you know, free for all Fridays and you get to do this, whatever the fuck it is. And, and it's all those little things. So in some cases, yes, but most of the time you don't want to admit it. It's money. You don't want to admit it, but it's money. Or even take a look at vacation time. There's no way a ping pong table solves everything. There's no stinking way. They say pay increase is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Often people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me read that again. Often when an employee leaves, it's not about the money. What a blanket statement to say to someone who's actually in HR. Yeah. Is that just because money is not something that is as easily negotiated as a ping pong table yeah. is or extra vacation time? Probably. Yeah, we can get one of those ping pong tables on Kijiji for real cheap. Just put it on ping pong table. It's, it's silly to me. Like, it's silly. The other thing that I found interesting about that was an exit interview. Is that common? Do people, when they've left the job, usually sit down and talk about why they're leaving the job? Because I feel like most people are like... Peace out, bitches. Yeah, I th- in the bigger companies, yes, an exit interview is a thing, but it, usually it is obviously not mandatory. So, hey, Scott, you handed in your two weeks. Cool. Okay, so your last day is on Friday. Uh, can you come in for your exit interview Friday at 5 p.m.? It'll be really quick when you're done your day. And you can say yes to that, and it's good feedback. I mean, I think those kind of things are good feedback for the company, and that's why companies usually do it. Like I said, usually bigger companies do it. Like, instead of... When you hand over, your, you think when you hand over your two weeks notice, for example, they want to ask you the questions then and try to solve it. But a lot of cases, it's like, okay, last day is this day. Can you come in and tell us why? Why'd you leave? What's wrong? What's wrong with the company? And usually they check some boxes and that's it. And you're on your way. I would have thought an online survey or something was probably the most you were going to get out of an employee. But if people are sitting down for exit interviews, I've never done one. But if that's what's going on in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Another yeah. meeting. That's probably the reason I left. <laughs> Too last, many meetings. The last meeting. Never, like I said, never mandatory if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm wrong on that, guys, let me know if you've ever like felt like you were forced to give one. I don't think that's a thing. They're, they don't own you by then. You know, you're not part of the team anymore. You, you don't have to give answers if you don't want to. Okay. We got to wrap this up. But before we do, did Amber Heard make any progress yesterday in the Johnny Depp trial or is this an open and shape, open and shut? Johnny's going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't see, I don't do not see a scenario where Amber wins over Johnny Depp, if you will have it that way. There's a good, there's a chance that the judge will be like, okay, I'm just going to dissolve this, but it's really gone in in Johnny Depp's favor time and time again. Yesterday, Kate Moss, his ex from the, they dated in the '90s. At one point. Uh, hurt herself, slipped down the stairs, hurt her back. It was a very, very bad injury, I guess. And Amber brought up, and thankfully for Johnny's team, brought up during this particular defamation, because she also brought it up in the UK, that he, she had heard Johnny had pushed her. So, ah, okay, great. You give us great reason to have Kate Moss on. Had Kate Moss on. She, via video link, uh, let everybody know. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't push me. I slipped. And he actually helped me get medical, like seek medical attention. And that was the end of the story. Johnny left the room before I did. And there had been a rainstorm. And as I left the room, I slid down the stairs and I hurt my back. And I screamed because I was in pain. He came running back to help me and carried me to my room and got me medical attention. Did Mr. Depp push you in any way down the stairs? 
No, he never pushed me, kicked me, or threw me down any stairs. So that's looks real bad on you. Isn't it amazing that with that rumor out there, he just looks like a total piece of shit for so long. And then all these years later, she puts out the the truth. And he wasn't a piece of shit all along. He was actually a good guy. She fell on her butt and slid. Most people, I think, have probably had that on a flight of stairs. When you slip, gravity pulls you down. Well, she got like a stinger up her back. He helped her to bed and then got a doctor for yeah, her. Like yeah. he took care of her when was, she was hurt. He didn't push her down the stairs. It was just the dumbest, dumbest idea. Because if Amber had not brought that up, that we wouldn't know that. And that's another like check for Johnny Depp. So I, I'm, it's between that and also what happened yesterday was, I mean, he's denied constantly. I did not you know, diminish her role in Aquaman too. That's not what happened. He explained the story. He went to Warner Brothers and said, here's the deal. We're splitting up. It's a really hairy situation. This was several years ago. This is a hairy situation. It's not going to look good. There's going to be headlines. And wouldn't you know it? She's a star in Aquaman. He, at the time, a star in Fantastic Beasts. They are both Warner Brothers pictures. So he was doing the courteous thing as an employer, if you will, of Johnny saying, just to let you know, th- I'm sorry that this shit's happening. It's in our personal lives, but that means they're going to bring up, you know, you know what they do in the reports, right? Oh, star of Fantastic Beast, Johnny Depp. Star of Aquaman, Amber Heard. And then it looks bad on Warner, even though it has nothing to do with them. So he had said that. And then a Warner exec this week also came forward and said it had nothing. Amber's b- basically went from being in a lot of the second film to like dwindled down to nothing, I guess. And he said it was everything to do with chemistry and lack thereof with Jason Momoa. Which is the star, of course, of Aquaman. Hmm. So anyway, a lot of things once again went in in Johnny's favor this week. I'm curious to see how this one ends. I think we know how it's going to end, but I'm really curious to see even what the judge says. Hey, me too. And one suing one for a uh, hundred million, the other one came back. Well, initially, I think it was Johnny suing Amber for fifty, and then Amber came back with a hundred, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't know. This could go. This could go anyway, any which way. It could be well. You know, I don't know. I think that Amber might have to either pay up or they're just going to say, you know what? Squash it. He's free. He can do what he wants to do. And I, he's going to gain some jobs from this. Already Robert Downey Jr., who's a good friend of his, has already said, we're doing a movie together once this is done, bud. Hmm. Like once this is done and I know you're going to be cleared and your name's going to be cleared, we're doing a movie together. Do you think we'll get that decision before the weekend or will it be next week? That's a good question. I actually, this is the sixth week. My gosh, this shit drags, man. Uh, no, they had a recess, but still, sixth week. Uh, it... It's toward the end. I mean, Amber's side rested their case. They're allowed to uh, cross-examine if they're if need be, of course. But they rested their case entirely this week. Something tells me it'll probably be early next week, but they're going to have to take the, some time as it usually as usually happens. So if they do wrap things tomorrow or Monday, or t- I don't know, it's a, it's a it's a holiday in the states. It's so, Memorial Day so, weekend, so it probably is going to resume on Tuesday, if anything. And I don't see it happening till the end of next week. But I don't know. It depends on if they bring up anybody else. And on that, we will say, have a fantastic Thursday. If you're going to Top Gun, let me know how it is. But please, don't spoil it. I am so excited for this movie. Let me know, hey, it was great effects, or oh, it wasn't as good as I thought. Any of that's fine. Don't tell me any details about the plot. But I am so excited to see it this weekend. Have a good one, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with one more episode of After 9. Dave will join us tomorrow, and we will see you then. Bye. Miller Lite is gearing up for the long weekend with a brand new beer and barbecue combination. Take a look at this. The American Brewing Company is introducing Miller Lite Beer Cold. It's the first ever Miller Lite infused charcoal. It's pretty amazing. Now my dad and my charcoal can both get lit at the same time. It's unbelievable. Nike is reportedly leaving Russia permanently. 
Yep. Nike is basically the same in Russia, except the slogan is, do it or else. <laughs> hey, I heard about a couple with a busy life who just got married after a 60-year engagement. 60 years. That explains why one of the gifts on the registry was a new hip. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.